face <laughs> it's beautiful hallelujah where else are we seeing God at work Carol this was not for me personally but I have a very dear friend in North Carolina that prior to my making the trip up she was having stomach problems they put her in the hospital with possible appendicitis they didn't take the appendix out they treated the inflammation around with antibiotics. And when the doctor told her that, she said, that's right, because that's what God told me, antibiotics. So she was fine with that. She's home now. She's doing well. She went back to see the doctor a few weeks ago, and the doctor said, you're, very for you're one of the fortunate ones. Her appendix ruptured. Anybody I know whose appendix ruptured are with us no longer. Sandy's appendix ruptured, and she's still here, and she's as healthy as I am. And the doctor said, you're one of the fortunate ones. She said, oh, no, I'm kept by him. Amen. Amen. That's a good quote, isn't it? I'm kept by him. Who else is kept by him wants to testify? <laughs> so... Yeah, well, I got something to say. <laughs> um, well, December the 17th, um, Lillian had her Annie Jr. performance. And, like, as soon as the performance was over and we went next door to El Patio to have dinner, all of a sudden I had a suddenly moment where all of a sudden I was attacked with dis-ease in my body, like immediate sinus pressure and congestion that went on for like three weeks. I knew it wasn't COVID because Chad didn't get sick, Lillian didn't sick, nobody was getting sick around me. It was just isolated to me. And I knew that this was being allowed to happen to help me kind of deal with some emotional baggage that was maybe attached to it. And so that's all well and fine and good, but I will give him glory in the fact that in the midst of all of that, he was working and again, I was kept by him. I did not get COVID and my family didn't get sick and, um, and I 
finally did go to the doctor on Wednesday and get antibiotics, <laughs> which has helped the congestion and the pressure ease up. So I'm not feeling as sick and tired as I was before. So praise God. Amen. Helen. I'm really not good at this. I just want to give God the praise and the glory. I got to see my granddaughter, and I haven't seen in, two, in over two years. I saw her Christmas Eve, and it was such a blessing. I got to talk to my grandson, who I don't get to see him either. But I want to give God the praise and the glory for all. I know that it wouldn't have happened had it not been for him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Some of us, we have all kinds of family stuff, don't we? <laughs> but God navigates us through it, and we give him glory for every breakthrough. And that's a breakthrough. Amen. I just want to thank the Lord for my wife that has put up with me for the last two years of after being in a wreck. Um, hopefully in the next two months I'll go back to work. And I know that it's been such a burden on her. And I haven't known what to do with myself. Half the time I've been in a sling. But um, if you guys would, I, I don't believe in attorneys unless you just have to get one. And we haven't gotten one. since the accident but she's been putting up with you for longer than that hasn't she <laughs> but Father we ask you for breakthrough for these two and for justice to be poured out upon them your word says that justice flows like rivers so we pray for a river of justice to flow to this family that there would be a restoration of all that the enemy stole and that you Lord would be given all the glory as you work it out and as you do what only you can do. So we trust you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Another one. Well, <laughs> this one's a little different. It's not really a testimony, but it was a word that um, Carol had said um, in sharing her testimony, and then Jennifer also shared this word, and it's an unusual word because we don't really use it in our regular vocabulary, but it's the word we are kept. She said he was kept, she, uh, she was kept by God, and we are kept by God, and I thought, well, what does that really mean? And I wanted to just look it up and share this with you because it's so beautiful, and we don't hear it often enough, but we are all kept by God, which means we are blessed, we are honored, and we are praised 
but more importantly, we are not blown off by God. He doesn't disregard us or forget about us. We are not ignored by God or neglected or overlooked. Nothing, nothing in our lives is neglected, ignored, or, no, or overlooked. But we are held by God. We are guarded by God. We are preserved and protected and saved. We are owned by God. We are managed by God. We are cherished by him. We are hugged by him. And we are treasured by him. And that's what it means to be kept. Thank you, Crystal. They were singing. I was getting... I've, I've gotten hurricanes before in the meetings, but this was a twister. And it was, I, I couldn't tell what it was, but there was things floating around, and it wasn't a cow and then the same cow. If y'all understand that. Um, what it's come out to be was the angels that are coming around and around and around and around and that are doing battle around us. And then I looked up with my eyes closed. And you know how when you close your eyes, it's dark in your ear. But as you lift your head up and the light penetrates through your eyelids, that was the sun. That was God penetrating. I could feel the warmth of him, the love, the peace, the joy, and that warmth that came down from in here where we are giving him praise. Amen. That's why we love to be in God's presence, right? Hi, I'm Corey, and we have visited a couple of times, but um, we've been in a lot of transition moving to the area with housing and jobs, and our son's care is the main, you know, the medical care is the main issue because it's all established back in Charlotte. So uh, December 16th, he had a colonoscopy to determine where his colon was, and he was in the process of possibly needing a colostomy bag. And so we did the colonoscopy, and the doctor we've been working with for several years said, uh, I'm very rarely wrong, but I like that Zachary proved me wrong. And so he has a very clean colon and is not going to need the colostomy bag, which that was kind of weighing how soon we had to transition back to the Carolinas or how long we would stay here. So um, this whole process, I just want to give God glory because it's been very difficult, but it's been like a Hansel and Gretel. Just He, he just gives that little bit of provision and oh, there's another little crumb and there's a little crumb. So I want to give him praise for how he has kept us. And that was a beautiful word. That's great, Corey. Thank you. We're so glad that you've been gathering crumbs with us. <laughs> beautiful. Wow. Don't you love gathering in God's presence like this? It's just beautiful to hear what God is doing, to sense his presence here. Uh, I believe that's God's plan for all of us, whether you're here in, the, in the, the room right now or if you're listening to this later because you're at home. I believe it's God's plan for all of us is that we continue to grow in experiencing Him together. And uh, 
I'm, I think I'm going to transition and share from the Word for a little bit. We're going to finish up with communion this morning. But let's thank Jan and Jane for opening the door for us in that way. And uh, we loved that beautiful, beautiful worship. Thank you. And, um, of course, one of the people who's not here is the person who does the slides. But it's okay. Thank you. <laughs> I've only got to do two. two yeah, well, I know, you I, I know you don't mind. In fact, I probably should have asked you sooner, but since we've done it. Uh, I am going to pass the offering baskets around and uh, those of us who love to give. Thank you, Kay. Um, we, I, I know that many of you give online. Uh, you give through the app. Uh, so you, oh, you give on a regular basis. I want to thank you for that. Uh, but also, if you're in the room and you want to give, uh, you can uh, use the baskets, use the envelopes that are on the tables, or you can text a dollar amount to 84321. And that's how you give. So thank you for your giving. And uh, we will move on and look at the Word of God together. And we'll finish up this morning with communion. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. I'm going to use the clever little function on here and get it a bit higher. There we go. <clears throat> How many of you asked God for a word for the year? I knew some of you did. And I do too. And uh, the word I got this year is what I want to focus on this morning is open. Open was the word God gave me. And because we've been in England for five weeks up until New Year's Eve, uh, I've been seeing a lot of advertising. My dad loves to watch. Has that died on us? Yeah. We don't really want all of that going on, do we? It is definitely a distraction. Well, we'll put that... Well, that's okay. No, you're fine. You're totally fine. I don't know why it's done that. Anyway, there we go. Oh, that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we are. We're not in Apple TV land. We are in Catch the Fire Church. We were in England for, for five weeks, and uh, my dad loves to watch his murder mysteries on television, and so you get all the adverts. And every other advert seemed to be for precautions for covid and the British government was paying for adverts saying, whenever you're in a room with other people, open the windows. It's the ventilation is the key to making sure we don't all get this nasty disease. And they had these, these um, sort of animated kind of depictions of what it's like. You know, each person is breathing out these clouds of little black dots on the, on the computer animation. And, and if you don't open the windows, the black dots all kind of make the place look darker. Um, but it struck me that openness is actually a very important sign of health. Not just for COVID, yeah. I mean, in this room, we're safe because uh, we've got this wonderful iWave purifier and the, you know, the, the, the system is cleaning everything for us, which is beautiful. And uh, I'm going to push these two under the bus because they gave it to us and I love you. Thank you. Um, I don't normally expose people who've been generous in the meeting, but 
we thank you for your generosity because it literally has made all the difference to us, hasn't it? Two years now, we've been meeting safely because of your generosity, making it safe for us. So thank you. It's great. But I think there's a spiritual angle on this, obviously, because I asked God for the word for the year. Um, and our openness to God is very um, integral to our health. And so it's important for us not to have closed lives, but open lives. Because God is open, if you think about it. God, first of all, says, let us create humanity in our image. He wants us all to be enfolded in the love that he already lives in and has done for eternity. And there's an openness to that. It's not like, oh, isn't this good, the three of us having a great time for eternity, let's keep it to ourselves. He's like, no, no, let's throw the doors wide open, let's create humanity, let's multiply this. God is very open with his creation, and he wants us to look like him. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says in verse 19, Those whom I love I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. When he's knocking on the door, the one who can open the door is me. Yeah? He's not coming like the FBI to beat the door down and arrest me. <laughs> He's coming like a friend who's saying, hey, can I come in? I want to spend time with you. And he wants us to open the door. So I'd like you to discuss in your little groups at your tables, just for a couple of minutes here, how do you open your life to God? Just share around the tables. How do you Open your life to God. Go. How do you open your life to God? Share with the folks closest to you. Give you one more minute, and then we'll hear back from some of you.
All right, let's hear back from a few folks. How do you open your life to God? What have you heard in your little groups? Somebody shout out some some answers. Prayer? Okay, yeah. Worship? Spending time. Now, there's a good one. Spending time with him but not talking. Yeah? Adoration. Gazing and just, yeah. <laughs> Go on. Obedience. Mm-hmm. Right. If we were to ask any of the parents of the young children in the room how good it is when your children actually do what you ask them, <laughs> that increases openness, doesn't it? You know, It's not that they're closing their lives when they're running around doing something else. Uh, and we, we don't want the children to have to be beautifully behaved all the time because that's not what being a child is all about. But there is a dynamic, you're right, of, of obedience of, uh, that increases openness. Crystal, you had a... Okay, so there's that focus that's aided in your case by listening to preaching or a, a teaching series or whatever, something to help me focus because of everything or the busyness of life distracts us. That's very helpful. Thank you. Tracy. You show up. Mm. I love that. Yep. Here I am. I showed up. <laughs> awesome. I love that. Kevin? I can see it. That looks like the Waccamore River at sunset or sunrise or something. Mm. Openness to God. Get out in a boat. Or if you haven't got a boat, just get out somewhere else in nature. Yeah. Or walk on water. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, the glory of his creation is for sure another way to open our hearts to him, isn't it? We found that, uh, you know, we were kind of locked down at my dad's home because we had no transportation for those four or five weeks we were there, apart from one week when we rented a car. Uh, but we could walk out into the new forest, which is this beautiful open area and uh, we didn't post much on Facebook so we didn't want it to be too obvious that we were gone for five weeks but there are some beautiful beautiful pictures just of creation uh, God's goodness in in the earth I love all of that yes go on Carol turn off the distractions so vital isn't it in terms of being open to God one of the biggest things that stops me being open to God is this thing in my pocket, yes. right? And just turn it off, put it away, silence it. Um, because if I'm available to everything that's going on in the world, <laughs> whether it's, you know, people I know or something I haven't anything to do with, <laughs> then I'm less open to God. Yeah. 
It's interesting, isn't it? When we look at the enemy, he's very closed. And he's all about restricting and um, excluding and promoting himself. I love to quote Isaiah 14 that talks about the, the process by which Satan fell from heaven, where he says, I will, set my, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. And you can hear and feel the restriction in that. Get out of my way. I want to be above you. It's all about me. And that restricting, that, that closing of doors is so opposite to how God is, isn't it? We like to say that the center of sin is I. If you spell out the word sin, the center of sin is I. And that, that's a trap that the enemy sets for us, is that we fall into that. And of course, that's why all of the distractions, not just your smartphone, but all of the other, you know, maybe CNN on the television or even Fox News on the television or whatever. But uh, the, the world around us is still operating by that same model that I just read from Isaiah 14. You know, I'll come out on top and I want to push you out of the way so I can get ahead and all of those things. So the answer to Satan's trap is our togetherness, which is why I love that we've worshipped together and we've given glory to God together with our testimonies this morning. There's something vital about us getting together. It's not just about, you know, I need to see you so I feel better about myself. It's actually God does something when we're together in um, whatever setting it is like this. And it's interesting that Paul writes to the Ephesians about that difference between darkness and light, um, uh, the, the difference that Jesus makes in our lives. when we, If you like, it's how we become open to God. This is Ephesians 5, uh, starting from verse 8. And he says, <clears throat> For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That's what Crystal was talking about, about the distractions and the focus. Um, and take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, which is, a, Paul didn't have smartphones, but that's, that's really how I apply that to my life these days, is, is turn off the world stuff from time to time at least. Um, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Uh, when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. And therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Picking up on what Kevin said about the sunrise on the water, have you ever been on the beach as the sun comes up over the horizon? That sense of the opening of a new day brings you into God's arms in a most powerful way, doesn't it? Because it symbolizes that openness. And that's what I think about when Paul says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's not that Jesus is the, 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 the sun. <laughs> 
he's the son of God, but he's not the sun that comes over the horizon. But it's like the sun gives us this visual aid, this demonstration of what Jesus wants to do in our hearts constantly. And I love the fact that when you're on the beach, there's this openness. Uh, you know, there's, the horizon seems to extend forever, doesn't it, when you're looking out to sea. Um, and the light is so crucial to our openness to God when we're doing it together. I love what John says in 1 John what, chapter 1. Uh, let me read from verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus' Son cleanses us from all sin. And if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Interesting how John equates the shining of God's light into our lives with the way that we actually are open about our shortcomings with one another. He says if we confess our sin, in other words, to one another, that's when the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Uh, on Thursday in the, in the Moore meeting, um, there were a few of us together there, and we were talking about what Jesus says about the church. You know that Jesus only mentions the word church twice in the Gospels. It only comes up twice. And the second time is all about how we are called together as the church to help each other where we fall short from God's standards. So we are a gift to one another to point out, hey, you know what? That didn't look like Jesus. Let me help you with that. Or uh, for you to say to me, hey, Mark, did you realize that you didn't really behave the way Jesus would have you behave in that setting? Or I noticed that you were struggling with this. And, and we're helping each other where we fall short. A little bit like um, a parent would help a child who's learning to walk. You don't chastise the child for not being able to do it. You're like, yeah, go on, you can do it. <laughs> There's an encouragement in that relationship. And um, sin in the New Testament is simply missing the mark. How many people like to target shoot? Probably not so many of us. One or two. Okay. You know, if you get it on the target, I would think I was doing well. I'm certainly sure I would never get it in the bullseye all the time. And I would love, if that was my goal, to have help to get it better. Or uh, let me pick on you, Chad. Disc golf. Yeah? <laughs> I saw you nodding there, you know. It would be great if every time you threw that disc, it landed right where you wanted it, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? And, and life is like that. Right? Sometimes the wind blows, doesn't it? Uh, and sometimes you fumble it and it doesn't go where you want it, you know? But the friends that you play disc golf with, okay, you've got some competitive ones who like to see you fail occasionally because it gives them that leg up. But that's the enemy's tactics that we were talking about, and you can tell them that. But the ones who say, hey, you know what? If you do it like this, I don't know the first thing about disc golf, but, you know, here, here's what I've learned about that, or, or I think what happened is that the encouragement and the help to improve is worth everything, isn't it? 
And that's what Jesus describes the church as the second time he mentions the church in Matthew's Gospel. It's all about we're here together to help one another not miss the mark, but to get a higher score, if you like, in the game of life by getting it right more often because we're helping one another. And it takes a village to raise a child of God. You're a child of God. And you need a village. I don't care how old you are. <laughs> Takes a village, doesn't it? To raise one another into the likeness of Jesus. So I know I had you discuss this at your tables before. How do you open your life to God? But I'd like you just to be quiet for a second and think, who am I open with? You don't need to tell anybody else, but just think for yourself now. Who am I open with? Who's safe in my life? Who do I trust? Who, who do I naturally feel drawn to be open with that person? Because our openness is not just with God, it's with one another as well. And I'm hoping that faces are coming to mind and names are coming to mind that make you grateful. <laughs> Because I'm certainly grateful for the people in my life that God has put there that I can be open with and, and real with. So in a few minutes, we're going to just put legs to being open to God and we're going to come and receive communion. But before we do, I wanted to touch on a few ways of, um, I suppose I could call it, what do I open? <laughs> if I'm being open to God, what are, what are the different areas where I'm opening up to God? And the first I wanted to mention is my, my heart is to be open. In, in Ezekiel, Ezekiel talks about where God promises, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit I'll put within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and I'll cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my, my rules, my guidelines. So that open heart that's tender, that's easily guided by Holy Spirit, is something that's a gift from God to us. And so when we set our lives to be open to God, the first thing you'll find changing is your heart. He wants us to have open hearts. And I'd encourage you to say to God, God, how can I open my heart to you more? What do you want to show me? What do you want to teach me that my heart would be more open to you? The second thing that came to me as openness is to open the scriptures. <laughs> because God has given us this whole library of, of amazing, inspired scripture for us to grow from and to learn from. Uh, and of course, the famous verses in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, where Paul says to Timothy, all of scripture is breathed by God and it's profitable for teaching, for, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man or the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so our equipping comes from having the Scripture open uh, and allowing our hearts to feed on what God has put there. 
and uh, want to encourage you to uh, to continue to open the scriptures. Uh, most of you will have seen. Uh, I think last week we sent out an email. There are now two options for our Bible reading. Um, plans that we follow together so you can pick which you prefer there's the whole of the bible that we've been doing now since the church began uh, but we've also added for this year going through the new testament in a year so you can take a little longer and just zero in we started in the gospels we're going to go through chronologically through the gospels and then through the rest of the new testament together so you can choose those and if you need that email sent to you again you can let me know the third thing God challenged me to open this year is my mind. To open my mind where God wants to teach me his ways. Where God wants to teach me uh, not to be paying attention to the wisdom of man, but to be receiving the truth of God. It's what Jesus said uh, of, the, uh, of the Pharisees. He was actually quoting from Isaiah. This is in Matthew 7. He says, well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and you hold to the tradition of men. One of the journeys God has had me on in these last few years has been to realize just how unbiblical what we typically call the Christian life in our Western setting is. There's so much about the way we've done church for the last several hundred years that's so far away from what Jesus says in here. So if I'm going to open the scripture, I need to be allowing the scripture to change my mind and the way I think and the way I expect and, and all of my um, paradigms for what church should look like. And church is to be a family. If you, I know many of you weren't able to be with us on Thursday, but I encourage you to go on the website and listen again to that whole session on what is church. Because it's part of what we're living out together as a church family, what it looks like to be God's people and God's family. But I want to challenge you, read things that you don't agree with. <laughs> it's a funny thing to say, isn't it? But, but read stuff that you, you, you don't agree with so that it challenges you and you give room for God to kind of shake up some things here and there. I'm not suggesting that you change your mind and agree with everything you read, but I'm saying we need to train ourselves not to be so certain that we're not open to any input. Because too often we have been so certain that we haven't heard what God wants to teach us. And certainly train ourselves not to be angry. Yeah, I mean, when I started reading stuff I didn't agree with, throwing books away. <laughs> and, and actually, I have grown. Now, I haven't wavered in my trust in God. I actually feel like I've grown deeper in my trust for God as I've read stuff. I'm like, no, that's a load of rubbish. <laughs> now, I'm not saying you should give all your time, to give most of your time to this. <laughs> but also read people who help you understand this in ways that maybe shake the religious certainty that you've been raised in. Um, some of you, anyway. I was not raised in religious certainty, but I found it fairly early on in my walk with Jesus and embraced it fairly strongly. And it's taken God a long time to shake me out of some of that so that I actually hear what Jesus is saying in this word rather than just living by tradition. 
Next thing that I encourage you to open is your hands. What do I mean by that? I don't mean write another check and we'll pass the baskets around again. All you can if you want to. But what I mean is so often we hold on to stuff, don't we? So often we hold on to things. You know, this person did me wrong, or that person owes me something, or, or this circumstance, you know, if that hadn't happened, life would be so much better. And we're holding on to all this stuff, and we need to learn to forgive. Because forgiving is a letting go. Because until I let go of everything I'm holding on to, I can't receive what God has for me. I need to have open hands. Now, when I have open hands and God puts something in my hands, well, then I can also offer it to others. <laughs> because I've realized, no, this comes from God. He's got far more than my hands will ever contain. So if I give away what I've got, he, he put more in there. As long as I'm not hanging on to offenses and regrets and, and all of that history. So there's forgiving and letting go, there's receiving, and there's giving, all in the concept of opening our hands to God. And for some of you, that's the area that God wanted you to zero in on this morning. Two other things. I want to ask you to open eyes. Not just your own eyes, but to help other people open their eyes. Do you know what Paul was commissioned by Jesus well, he was Saul still at that point, wasn't he? But Jesus commissioned him when he knocked him off his donkey <laughs> on the road to Damascus. And Paul was describing it towards the end of the book of Acts before he goes to Rome. He's, um, in Acts 26, he describes that encounter years before where Jesus says to him, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. <laughs> Glad none of us have heard that, right? <laughs> it's a pretty, yeah, pretty tough thing to, to hear. But Jesus goes on to say, Rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things which you have seen me, which you, in which you have seen me, excuse me, and to those in which I will appear to you. In other words, Paul is being commissioned to live with Jesus and walk with Jesus and testify to what Jesus is doing. And he says, I'm delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. They may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And I believe that's our commission too, is to open eyes, to help people see that Jesus is for you, not against you. That Jesus wants to set you free. That you may well have been uh, kept in darkness by the standards of this world, but here is light. Just as the sun rises over the ocean and you're standing on the beach and you get this revelation of how, just how powerful the sun is each day. Open eyes for people to see who Jesus is and to accept him and to receive him and to walk with him. And also to open doors. To open doors, we started with that, didn't we? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. There's another open door in, uh, in Revelation. In fact, there's two. Jesus says to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? The, this is Revelation 3 verse 8. The words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. 
I know your works. Behold, I've set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, yet you've kept my word and have not denied my name. It's tempting when we're just a little group like this on Sunday morning to think we're making very little difference on the Grand Strand. But actually, I believe God has set before us an open door. And as we walk through the open doors that God makes for us and that God opens for us, no one can shut those doors. We're standing in this building because God opened a door for us, miraculously, for us to start renting this place. We, each of us who know that this is our church family, are not here by accident. God brought you here. God put you here. Through an open door you came in, through an open door you'll go out to bring others in to that open door. I believe God has put an open door for us, especially in this year. And that's why that word open is so significant for us. And the reason there's an open door on earth is because there's an open door in heaven. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. John says, after this I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the voice which I'd heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. You see, there's an open door in heaven for the children of God, and that includes us. And God is on the throne, and our openness is for us to bring his kingdom from heaven to earth. On earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come. The prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. And the final thing I want to encourage you to open is the gift. Open the gift that you are to the world and to the family of God. Open the gift of your uniqueness so that everyone can benefit from it. Step into who you're meant to be. Step into more of who you are in him. And that's what we're going to say yes to as we receive communion. Three challenges for us to take away. Open the scripture. Join us in those Bible readings if you'd like to, but open the scripture whatever you do. Secondly, open your home and open your heart. We're going to be beginning fuel groups. In fact, um, Jane will tell us a bit about that before we close. There's a ladies group going to start again on a Wednesday. But other fuel groups will be beginning where you can get together with a small group of others where you can open your heart, you can open your home for others to benefit. But then thirdly, open your uniqueness. We want you each to be on that discovery journey where you're stepping into your destiny. Of course, that's why we meet in, in small groups, in fuel groups, because it's easier to do that. We can't go around the room and help each of you today to step further into your destiny. It's too complicated uh, to do on a Sunday morning together, but in smaller groups we can do that. And so we want to encourage you to take that journey into your uniqueness this year, because we need you to be you, and God designed you to be you. So as we come to communion, we're saying yes to being open. And before we come, I'd like us just to take a moment and be quiet so Holy Spirit can touch your heart with what he wants you to be saying yes to this morning, the specific way that he wants you to say yes. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you've been speaking to us through your word. Now would you underline for me the one thing you want me to say yes to.
And Jesus, we thank you that this meal we share together is a picture of you saying yes. You said yes to the Father. And we are the beneficiaries of your yes. And we want to say yes to you in return. So we thank you for allowing your life to bring us into life. We thank you for saying, here I am and the children you've given me. And we say yes to your goodness and yes to your life. As we receive the broken body, we celebrate that we are one in you. And we all share together in what you've done. We thank you that you said that your blood was the blood of a new covenant. You're, you're making all things new, and we choose to receive the newness of life that you've called us to. So would you open our hearts as we come, work in our lives as we receive your gift. We thank you in Jesus' name. Come on forward when you're ready. Just get into twos and threes to receive. Come and take the elements, the, the bread, the wine. And then when we've all received, we'll finish with a prayer. So, Father God, thank you that your desire is that all of us be open to you and open in you to the world around us. Would you increase our openness? Breathe your life into everyone who hears this. Overflow through us with the power of the kingdom of heaven to everyone around us. Thank you for the open door you've given us here on the Grand Strand and in each of our lives. We choose to walk through it hand in hand with you and allow you to open our hearts and open our lives more and more so the world will see that Jesus is Lord. Amen. God bless you. We will be back here on Thursday for soaking. And if you don't know what soaking is, it's a time simply to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit in an atmosphere of worship and prayer to receive. So it's those open hands. And then we also have uh, a ladies group beginning on Wednesday. I'm going to ask Jane just to say a word about that. Yes, so on a Wednesday we would like to gather the ladies. Um, we call them fuel groups because we want to be fueled and encouraged. And so it's a place where we connect, where we will worship, where we will learn together. Um, and I felt like I, I definitely want it to be um, a time that all the ladies own what we're doing. But what was dropped into my heart was it's a time to change the atmosphere. And so that, for me, just just gives, it, it's like an invitation to, um, as we worship together, as we grow together. So we want to see God change the atmosphere on the inside and on the outside. 
So we're going to be meeting. We're going to let's 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 try for twelve thirty here in this in this room this week, and just check that that's a good time for everyone. So it's a different time now, but twelve thirty till two, and we'll um, we'll see what God has in plan. And Crystal. Yeah, and just another reminder, and I'll probably announce again next week, but January the 29th is a ladies' gathering. Um, the theme is Rising Up, Finding Your Place, the ending of one chapter and the starting of a new. So um, it's going to be really beautiful. It's going to be at Ignite Church because uh, it's going to be too small here, so we need a little more space. Um, but I'll be, you know, if you don't know where that's at, I'll give you the um, directions. But see me if you want to sign up. It's $35. But it's all about rising up, how to rise up, how to get out of the place that you're in. Um, it's about hearing from God and, and finding what it is that he has for you. It's about letting go of things in order to enter into the new chapter. It's just, it's going to be a really beautiful event. But please Oh, it's from 12 to 4, Saturday the 29th, January 29th at Ignite. See me if you want to come. And I'll be posting something on Facebook. You can also sign up through that. Wonderful. Now, gentlemen, if you're feeling left out, you're not. Uh, we actually have a men's weekend here at the end of February. So you should have had an email from me already. But make sure you put on your calendars February 25th, I think, is the Friday that weekend. That's, that's a much bigger thing than just us. That's the whole of the Catch the Fire on the East Coast church family. Uh, all the guys from uh, Greensboro, uh, Knoxville, Raleigh, us, uh, etc. Uh, we're inviting a wider group, and it's always a good time together. So make sure you get that on your calendar. Don't miss it. All right. Have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday or here next Sunday. Or Wednesday, if you're a lady. Or Wednesday. <laughs>